to another episode of Starting or Settling. I am your host, Julia, and today is a very exciting yet frustrating episode that we are going to be recording today. And by we, I mean me and my brother, Danny. Danny, say hi. I'm back. In the most awkward way possible. So Danny and I decided to record another episode together because we, unfortunately, are both Giants fans, which makes for the frustrating part of recording this episode because we are talking about the New York Giants sorry excuse for a football game that they participated in barely yesterday for week one opening Sunday football uh, in the 2021 NFL season against the Denver Broncos. I just want to preface this episode by saying that I think it's going to be more of a therapy session at least for me. I don't know for you Danny how you're going to feel but I just need to to get some anger out at this point, frustration, just disgust for the product that the Giants looked at all summer during training camp and said, yep, this is what we're going with. So we're just going to jump right into it. Danny, any uh, final thoughts before we just get into the, the hole that is the Giants? I think it may be a bit more of a therapy session for you than it is for me. I got most of my anger out uh, yesterday. Yeah, so I also should preface this by saying that Danny and I, now being home from college, are going to be watching a lot of games together if we don't kill each other in the process. And uh, things get a bit contentious because we're both very emotional, we're both very intense, and uh, some of us lose our temper more often than others. I think it's switched over the years, but you never know because based on the way the Giants are playing... It's going to happen very frequently, so we'll see if we make it through. So just to give a quick rundown of the statistics from the game, just so everybody can get an idea of what happened. So the Giants lost 27-13 to home against the Broncos week one of the 2021 season. So I'm going to just run through the Giants statistics because I don't need to read the Broncos statistics. But I am actually going to read through the overall team-by-team comparison in terms of total yards they gained, time of possession, all that. Because it actually was surprised me. I didn't expect it to look the way that it did. We're going to talk about that. But Giants quarterback Daniel Jones going into his third year. Danny, I think you would agree. I think most people would agree this is a make-or-break year for him. Yeah, absolutely. I am personally not. I wasn't very high on Jones coming into this year. Definitely a make-or-break year for him. Yeah, so he came out and went 22 for 37, 267 yards, one touchdown, and one fumble, which we are for sure going to talk about. Rushing yards, the Giants saw Saquon Barkley come back after he injured and tore his ACL week two against the Chicago Bears last season. Really great to see him on the field, but we didn't see much of him. He had 10 carries for 26 total yards. The run blocking wasn't great. He also had one reception for one yard, so... Really didn't see much from him um, or anybody else in the running game for that matter. Receiving wasn't all that bad. Sterling Shepard had seven receptions, 113 yards, one touchdown. Darius Slayton, three receptions, 65 yards. Kenny Galladay, four receptions, 64 yards. Granted, the majority of those catches came towards the end of the game and basically garbage time, but great to see him finally get some touches as he was one of the highly touted Giants free agent acquisitions from this past offseason. The Giants had a lot of injuries on the offensive side of the football. And we weren't really sure who we were going to see on the field in week one. 
and in what capacity because of this. Kenny Galladay injured his hamstring. Canaries Tony was on the COVID reserve list and then had some other leg knee issue. Um, Saquon obviously coming back from his torn ACL. We didn't know if we were if he was going to be ready in time for week one. So this offense hasn't really practiced together. We haven't heard or seen much about them because of that. They didn't play much in the preseason. So going into this game, Danny, what did you expect to see from the offense? I expected them to struggle. I told you about this before. We talked about it at length prior to the game. But when you're bringing in so many new pieces and they don't have any time to practice together and they're not all fully healthy anyway, you're going to see some rust. The timing is going to be a little bit off. The chemistry is going to be a little bit off. And that's, for the most part, what we saw. I didn't expect to see much and we didn't end up getting too much. So the Giants only putting up 13 points, but they had seven points for the first three quarters of the game. That that's all they that's all they put up. Did you expect it to be that bad? Um, I don't know if I expected it to be that bad. If you actually looked at their drives, and we'll get into why they stalled out later, mm-hmm. they moved the ball fairly well most of the time. Actually, they just didn't have. The ball, they had their first drive where they had a one big play and then Garrett's play calling, which I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about in depth later, uh, kind of stalled that drive and they scored a touchdown the next drive. And then the next time they touched the ball, they got the ball back at their own three yard line. Yeah. And it was kind of, or, and then that, so that drive didn't never got off the ground. And in the second half, they actually, their first drive was the Jones fumble drive, I believe. And then, like, yeah, it was the first time they touched the yeah, ball. Yeah, and then the next drive, they got the ball back again and went right back down the field. So they actually moved the ball fairly well. The problem was, and this was a theme with them last season, is their inability once they got the ball in the red zone to actually score points. Yep. They couldn't do it at all last year, and it was another problem yesterday. They were in the red zone four or five times, and they only scored twice. That's yeah. unacceptable. That's how you lose. That's why you lose games. That's why your offense is so bad. Yeah, jumping off that, I, I agree completely. I think if listen, we could sit here for six hours and talk about everything that went wrong, went wrong yesterday. When you talk about the red zone, I was talking to my brother, our older brother, uh, before the game, and I was saying how one thing that I really want to see change for the Giants this year is scoring when they're supposed to. And that doesn't mean you're down in the game and you want to get back in it or you want to take the lead at the right time. It means if you are at the 35-yard line of the opposing team or above, you better walk away with points on the board. Now, sometimes you're going to be disappointed if that's a field goal versus a touchdown. But regardless, you put points on the board. So the very first drive that the Giants had, the, the Giants started the game with the ball. The Broncos won the toss and deferred. So the Giants start start off at the 23-yard line. So first play, Daniel Jones throws an incompletion on a quick out route. I, I forget, was it Kyle Rudolph? Was it Saquon? Who was it? It was Slayton. It was Slayton. Okay, so Daniel Jones in, throws an incompletion on his first pass to Darius Slayton. Second play of the game, Daniel Jones tries a hard count, and it works. The defensive line jumps, the Giants snap the ball, and they have a free play because the refs threw the flag but let them keep playing. Daniel Jones throws a 42-yard bomb to Darius Slayton on the second play of the game. And I just want to pause there for a second because in that moment, an offense that has struggled for so long to move the football, to put points on the board, to, to be explosive, to be exciting, for that to be the second play of the entire season for this offense, for this team, 
How did you feel in that moment? We're really going to get into it. How did you feel in that moment? I mean, I was excited. The thing that Jones does, the thing that Jones does best is throw the ball down the field, which is why it's so perplexing that they don't do it more often. And I'm, part of it's him, part of it's play calling. But when he steps into a throw confidently and puts it up, he can really put the ball on the money. And he's yep. got a better arm than I thought he did coming out of college. That ball to Slayton, if uh, I don't know who the corner was for the Broncos. If he didn't like catch him by the ankles, that would have been a touchdown Absolutely. On, the, on the first drive. And those big plays are stuff that we sorely missed last year. They very rarely happened. It was really great to see coming out of the gate them have one of those plays. Unfortunately, it was not really a sign of what else was to come. Yeah, because then, and, and this is to point to the many, we're going to talk about Jason Garrett a lot today. And so to point to the many issues that he had calling the game yesterday for the offense, uh, the Giants, after having a 42-yard completion, are on the Broncos about 38 they decide, for some reason, as opposed to continuing to push the football down the field and get into the end zone or get close to the end zone, get better position for a field goal, whatever it may be, they decide to then turn around and bring put the ball backwards. They run this stupid, basic, almost like a jet sweep, essentially, to Kadarius Toney, the rookie that we've all wanted to see, and it loses, like, four yards. And... Immediately, we go from 42-yard gain to a four-yard loss in a matter of seconds. It completely kills the momentum. And then what killed it even worse was on second and long, and I will never understand why any offensive coordinator or any NFL offense ever does this, is on second and long running the football. You were just asking for the defense to put you in a third and long situation, for your quarterback to be backed up, for the line to go off, on third down, and you're going to be kicked off the field. And unfortunately, too, where the Giants were on the field, it put them out of field goal range. It made even less sense because the Tony play had knocked them out of field goal range because he didn't lose four yards. He lost seven yards. It was second and 17. Was it really? Yeah, it lost seven yards. Okay. And they that play knocked them out of field goal range. And then the next play you want to draw that gets you one yard, and you're in third and 16, and you're not in field goal range anymore. And it's like, guys, what what are we doing here? You you want to go out there and score points. Your first drive of the season, you want to come out strong. You should have these plays like scripted out for the most part too. Your first drive is almost always scripted. And I I don't know if the script always had the Barkley second down draw on it. Yeah. Regardless of what happened on first down, but adjusting on the fly, I mean, you got to be able to understand the situation. You need to get back into at least field goal range. And second down and sixteen. You see teams do it all the time. Make it third and seven, third and eight. Because teams will most of the time give you that yardage because yeah. they're just trying to take away the, the fir- first down. that first down marker. Really head-scratching there, that play calling, and it just completely killed the drive. And it was after their defense made well, – or sorry, no, the defense then made their only stop of the game, which led to their first scoring drive. Well, going back to that second down, Saquon Barkley draw on on second and apparently 17. I thought it was 14, but I guess I blocked out the extra yards that we lost on that first down play. It's twofold because it's either it was scripted and Jason Garrett was too stupid to make the adjustment and decided to stick to the script, even though it was second and 17, because you're clearly not designing a first down play or any play that's going to lose you yards, let alone seven. So if he stuck to the script there, that just means he didn't adjust, which is mind-boggling. And if he did adjust, 
Then he just decided that a draw play on second and 17 was going to be beneficial for some reason. When time We see it happen all the time around the NFL. It's not just the Giants. Offensive coordinators do this. I don't know if they think they're tricking the defense because the defense is expecting a pass. Throw the football, especially because you just threw a 42-yard pass on the second play of the game. Throw the football. The... The Garrett, I think the Garrett does a lot of things poorly as an offensive coordinator. I think the thing he does worst, and I, I've seen as a theme in the past two years, is taking advantage of momentum when it comes your way. And it started with this play with Slayton, and we saw it later on after they recovered the fumble deep in their own end that pinned them back at the three yard line. Those are sudden changes. Those are play. Those are game changing, momentum changing plays, and you got to take advantage of it. Those are perfect time. That's a perfect time to take. Not necessarily another shot, but keep going with your momentum. Put the ball forward. Drive it down the field. Putting the ball... I've always been a real... Uh, I don't want to say skeptic. I've been really anti-putting the ball six yards in the backfield all the time. I think when you run those plays, they very rarely work out that well unless you run them consistently, which the Giants don't. But Garrett seems to be obsessed with them, and he ran them all the time last year, and they almost never worked. Well, also, because if you're going to run a play like that, you better have the blocking to back that up, and the Giants don't. On top of the fact that you're running right into the heart of that Broncos defense, which is their line. What was actually interesting was the play fooled me. I thought Barkley ended up with the ball, and he had a huge hole. And like you bring a perfect way to do that play is you bring Tony in. That was he only took like five snaps all game. Not surprising. He barely practiced all training camp. So you bring him in, and everyone's expecting for you to give him the ball. Yeah. Use him as a decoy. Yeah. So you, you use him as like a decoy in that scenario. You fake give him the ball, give it to Barkley, or you fake giving it to both of them and drop back to pass after Justin. Or let Jones play, run. Or let Jones run it or do literally anything else other than what they did. Even if the play works, I hate the play call, especially coming off the play that you just had. You just had a huge play down the field. Why are you putting the ball five yards in the backfield? It drives me insane. I can't stand when teams do that. I totally agree. And so obviously based on our reactions to those play calls, starting and and back to what I said before of score points when you're supposed to, if you have first down inside the opponent's 40-yard line, to come away with no points there is a failed attempt at a drive. It really is. So the Giants, obviously, after that first drive, came away with no points. They punt the ball away to the Broncos. The Giants' defense gets a stop, which was, like Danny said before, one of their very few of the game. And then what we saw was a seven-play, 75-yard drive for the Giants that ended in a touchdown, seemingly made up for the first drive, made us all feel good. They took the ball down the field against a defense that was supposed to completely shut them down all game, coming off a really bad offensive year, and to the Sterling Shepard 39-yard touchdown reception. And this was an instance of Daniel Jones putting the ball where it needed to be, Shepard breaking a tackle, staying in bounds, and diving into the end zone. Everybody's making plays. Everybody's moving forward. We're throwing the ball down the field, and we're scoring points. That's exactly what we wanted to see, and it it was really nice to see because it's something we haven't seen in a very long time. I actually, uh, on the touchdown play, I was surprised that it went well because when traditionally in the past two years when Daniel Jones has held on to the ball when his first like when the play kind of breaks down and like the first two guys really aren't there. Yeah. And if he has more time to throw the ball after that, traditionally it does not go well. These are usually where you see like him make a reckless throw or an interception and he actually waited with patience and he turned and he found Shepard open, made a really nice throw. 
And I actually, it's so disappointing that he had that play, the fumble at the end of the game. Jones. Because, yeah, for the most part, he actually played a very good game. Before that play happened, he was playing really good football. Yeah. And with not a lot to work with, with bad play calling, he was playing very well. And this is, it's a constant theme with him where you always find yourself saying, Jones was actually playing very well except for these one or two plays. Or until this. Yeah, until this one play, until this back-breaking play. And you just can't afford to make it. It's your third year. You can't make mistakes like that. Absolutely. It's it's mistakes that it's a mistake we're going to get into, um, but I think it really does embody a lot of what has been an issue with the Giants of many things, just inopportune mistakes so now switching gears a bit um after talking about the offense for a little uh, it's kind of apropos given that the offense really didn't have the ball that much however i do want to quickly point out before we get into this the statistics for the overall team's performance comparatively because watching the game the giants defense couldn't get off the field uh, the broncos took the last three minutes of essentially the last three minutes well, the first half the, took about the first nine minutes of the second half, scored on both drives, and, I mean, that's all she wrote, essentially, because that's how the rest of the game went for them. They, for whatever reason, went from a defense that was pretty stellar and made plays when they needed to or were able to switch momentum when they needed to to just looking like absolute garbage. Um, so quickly, though, the total yards to the Broncos, they had 420, the Giants had 314. I'm not going to get into the breakdown of passing and rushing yards because it doesn't matter that much. Um, but one thing I want to notice, it was actually closer than I thought it would be. The Broncos had 24 first downs. The Giants had 19. The Broncos went 7 for 15 on third downs. The Giants went 6 for 12. One big difference is the Giants went 1 for 3 on fourth down conversions. The Broncos went 3 for 3. The Broncos ran 66 plays. The Giants ran 59. But the biggest differentiator here, and what I just said before, the Giants had the ball for 24 minutes and 52 seconds of the game, and the Broncos had it for over 35 minutes. I actually don't even think that encapsulates the like the actual difference in what the game was, because after the Giants scored early in the second quarter, the first time they touched the ball again was after like a long drive from the Broncos, and it was at their three-yard line because of the fumble. So, which and, was a fluke. Yeah, and that drive went by, that drive was three plays and out and then the Broncos had the ball for the rest of the half. What it, felt like the rest of the game. Yeah, and then it was 18 I think it was like 18 and a half to 11 and a half at halftime. And then in the beginning of the second half, they immediately went on of like an 8 minute drive and it's just it's brutal to watch. It's literally death by a thousand cuts. Like yeah. they just kept getting the third down and converting. And it's draining so much time off the clock. And it's just brutal. It's brutal to watch your team lose games like that and not have the ball like that. I would prefer if they just gave up a huge play. Yeah. That would make, because at least it goes quickly and then you're back on offense and your offense can at least have some momentum. They scored, like the offense, as poorly as they played, they had no chance because they could never get their momentum. They could never like continue their momentum. They had momentum after scoring that touchdown, and then the defense immediately gives up a long drive that results in them not getting, getting the ball pinned at their own three yard line. It's hard to build the drive off that. Like it's playing complementary football in part is like your off your defense has to if, if their defense could have gotten a stop right after that touchdown, like a quick stop, then maybe we're, we're talking about a completely different game. 
But I, I don't know. It was just very frustrating to watch them play because it felt like they were moving in quicksand on both sides of the ball. Well, the Giants made Teddy Bridgewater look like Patrick Mahomes, and they were playing that way too. We were bringing no pressure. We couldn't tackle him. He's making every throw. Every receiver is wide open. I mean, we literally made him look like an MVP. And honestly, if I'm a Broncos fan, I'm a little concerned because I don't know how real of a test that was for him. I mean, I wouldn't be concerned. It's not like the you know we know what Teddy Bridgewater is. He can win you. He's not going to win you a game. He's not going to lose you a game. He'll play fine if you have a really good team around him. They'll win games. And we made him look great. I mean, yeah. I mean, the defense played really bad. They couldn't get off the field. They weren't tackling. They weren't covering very well. They couldn't get pressure on the quarterback. When you do things like that, uh, it's really tough. And even though I'm not sure what the Broncos' run total was, I'm sure outside of the Melvin Gordon run, it probably wasn't crazy. It wasn't crazy. They had 165 yards, but that run by Melvin Gordon was about yeah. And plus, they were they were running for most of the game. But I mean, they they just never their their running plays were never negatives. Their running plays were always like. Even if they were getting like three or four or five yards, like there was not very few, if any, plays where it was like minus one, minus two, really yeah. putting you off schedule for that down, that down and distance series. Just not a great overall, really bad defensively. But honestly, I'm not that concerned about the defense. They will improve, or at least they better improve because they were much. Their defense was really good last year. And they only it's not great. Pieces. Yeah, and they only upgraded talent-wise. So I hope and believe that the defense will get better. I hope so, too. I mean, listen, it's a long season. I'm, I'm never one of those people that likes to judge teams off of a week one performance because this season is even longer now than it used to be adding, adding an extra game in there. So I'm not going to jump to conclusions on them, although it was just frustrating to see them almost get worse in the second half. Um, and we're going to get into the, you know, the nitty gritty of that in a bit but lastly so the, for the most part in the second half especially the Broncos just torched the Giants defense and had long drives ended in scores and just really put the Giants away never allowed the offense to get into a rhythm so the first time the Giants touch a ball in the in the second half is with a little over six minutes I want to say and the Giants are driving and it's a first down once again in Broncos territory and on first and 10, Daniel Jones, no one's open, and he decides to scramble. And when he leaves that pocket, I see he's got a few yards of space before any defender's near him. So I'm like, wow, this was a great decision. Good good awareness. Good job to just tuck it and run. We know how mobile he can be. He then decides on first and 10, and I'm going to emphasize that because we did not need a first down here, to dive head first and honestly... When he landed, it would have been maybe second and two, second and one. Instead of sliding feet first and protecting both himself and the football. When he is in midair, diving head first, I see him wrap both arms around the football, which I'm like, great, he's protecting the football because two guys, two Broncos are coming at him from both sides ready to try and clobber him. And he still fumbles. You, you, t- you talked about this before we you know when we were having dinner we were all still discussing the game because that's all we have and you like you said Daniel Jones saw two guys coming to hit him you saw him make the attempt and had plenty of time to wrap his arms around the ball to protect it and he still fumbles the football kills any momentum the Giants potentially had and that essentially was the ball game all wrapped up right there I I want so badly for Daniel Jones to be their guy 
and I think a lot of his issues are semi like fixable. You know, very few quarter. You're not every quarterback's Patrick Mahomes. You don't have to be Patrick Mahomes to win, to win, to be a winning quarterback. But his issues, I don't know if they're fixable. He has his inability to protect the football, specifically as it pertains to fumbling, is unlike anything I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. It makes no sense. There's he just seems to have a mental block there because it's like you said, he literally, he saw the defenders. He saw them come to hit him and he made a conscious effort. He's like, all right, I need to protect the football. I need to get two hands on it. And he still fumbled it anyway. I've never seen that happen before where a guy makes a conscious effort to not fumble and he still fumbles. The only time that ever happens is if like, God forbid a defender hits you know, the guy's head and he gets knocked unconscious and like... No, no, no that's, that's different. But no, but that's also, what I'm saying. That's the only time yeah, that ever happens. Also, like, it's not like he got... If he got... If a guy got right through on his blind side and he fumbled, like, that happens all the time to quarterbacks. That's not a unique to him thing. But I've never... It makes no sense. The only explanation I have for it is that he just has a block there that he's that makes me think the situation is not fixable because I remember there was a play last year against Washington and I didn't think much of it at the time. I thought it was just kind of weird. Where he was in the pocket and he literally just fumbled the ball on his own. Yeah. And there's a common joke like, oh, if a quarterback has like a fumbling issue, it's because they have small hands. He doesn't have small hands. He has big hands. <laughs> it makes no sense why he can't hang on to the football, but yeah. he can't. And you can't have – it's one thing to be a guy who has a tendency to make bad decisions, which he also kind of does to some extent. But it's another thing entirely to just not be able to hang on to the ball. I don't know. I don't think it's fixable. And unfortunately, I just don't think that he can be our guy if if he has that problem. It stinks. I really like him's personality. He has great physical talent, but it's just that is a problem. And the weirdest thing about his turnover issue, and I've said it before, he is such an overly cautious quarterback 90% of the time. Yeah. Like, he d- does not take any chances. He's perfectly content just throw like, five-yard passes over and over and over again. And it's really brutal to watch sometimes, especially because his greatest talent is his ability to throw the ball down the field, and he never he doesn't like to do it that often. But it makes his turnover problem, A, more confusing, and B, less uh, doable, less workable. Because it's one thing if you're a guy who's just a natural gunslinger and you turn the ball over a lot, but you're also making tons of great plays and make like Jameis Winston's the ultimate extreme of this a couple of years ago when he had 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Yep. It was like he'd make, he could make any throw. He will make any throw. He can make some amazing plays, but he's also going to do a ton of bowhead, boneheaded stuff. Jones doesn't do any of that good stuff and still makes these manages to make these bad plays. And it's not, it just be a game manager. If that's your style, which is what his style clearly is most comfortable in, then just be a game manager. But don't do this. You can't, being a game manager on your good side yeah. and then being a gunslinger on your bad side is the easiest way possible to not be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Well, it's funny because also, I mean, I'm going to still call him a young quarterback, doesn't excuse his mistakes, but... Younger quarterbacks, I feel like, have a tendency to look for the big play too much. And you kind of have to tell them to reel it in and say, hey, you know, it's okay to take the five-yard check down. It's okay to look for your running back. It's okay to see your first read's not there. You don't have to force it into double coverage. And with him, you're right. Like, he doesn't do that all the time. Of course, he still does. But for the most part, he really doesn't do much of, of anything. 
And that's why it's also with him. Like, he, he went into the half. He was 9 of 11, over 100 yards and a touchdown, which normally you're looking at that. You're like, wow, that's a great start. But it's also like, it's it's boring. that This offense is so boring, and I do think it's partially because of him. It's obviously partially, be, at least if not most, because of Jason Garrett. Garrett's terrible. Garrett and has... Let's get into him now because yeah. he's a, a big problem. This, this Giants offense is one of the most slow-moving, laboring... It, 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 we don't put up points. We take 13-yard, 13-play 13 drives. We barely move the ball half the time anyway. We don't convert when we need to. We have no playmaking ability, it feels like. And anything that can go wrong will go wrong. There's no creativity in the offense whatsoever. There's no emphasis. There's The offense has no spirit. It has no life. Even when they're moving the ball, it's very methodical. It's very slow. It doesn't look like they're having fun. It t- doesn't look like they're having fun. It takes time. Everything they do takes time. They're a slow, conservative football team. And... The judge challenge yesterday was really bad. There's no... So to give context to it, the Broncos scored a touchdown in MetLife Stadium. They were showing a replay that apparently to every single person in that stadium who was a Giants fan, it looked like the tight end might have stepped out of bounds before he scored. And so all the fans are cheering, but the officials confirmed it that it was a touchdown. So the rule in the NFL, if you don't know, is that... All scoring plays are automatically reviewed. Therefore, they cannot be challenged by a coach. If a coach throws a challenge flag, they get charged a timeout because they're just not allowed to challenge it. So Judge alleges that he threw that challenge flag because he was wondering who, why whoever confirmed that touchdown is not seeing or clearly did not see whatever the MetLife Stadium was showing to be the tight end clearly out of bounds. It was a rookie mistake for a coach. And it maybe it's, it's his first time dealing with a crowd, so maybe that has something to do with it. But besides that, my biggest problem with the coaching of the Giants is just their conservative mindset. It's like they feel like they're a team. Like they think if they're a team that makes the – like whatever team makes the least mistakes wins. But that doesn't mean that you don't take any risks. Yeah. And the team's very risk-averse. They're very conservative. They play scared of their own shadow. Most on of both t- sides of the ball. On both sides of the ball. Yeah. They can't generate a pass rush to save their lives, and they refuse to blitz. They hang their entire defense back and give up short yardage because they think it's somehow like teams won't get down the field that way. All they do is make the game go by quickly and slow the game down for everyone watching it, I guess. It's just a slow, unimaginative painful way to watch football it's not hard to put up points in the modern nfl tyrod taylor put up 30 with 30 plus with the texans earlier and he's a career backup and the texans have literally no yeah and the texans don't have much talent they make it so hard for themselves and they make it really hard to watch and enjoy as the detroit lions put up 31 yeah and even like even before it was garbage time they were still at 17 points and I'll say this too, even to give the Jets a little credit here. I mean, granted, I think they only put up, I think they put up 14 or 15 points yesterday, which isn't a lot at all. And, and they didn't look good overall, but I still felt like they had more of a chance than we did. And it's funny because being a Giants fan, having grown up the first, I was eight years old and the Giants won the Super Bowl the first time. We were eight years old. The second time we're 11, 12 years old. So we had seen the greatest success at a very young age. And 
in between those two Super Bowls, we had some pretty good teams. But ever since that second Super Bowl in the 2011-2012 season, the Giants, it feels like, are still kind of like hungover from it, for lack of a better term. They're, they're still sort of stuck in this idea that you can be the severe underdog and kind of be a step, what looks like a step behind everybody, but just make magic happen and hope it works. It's I don't not, think that's their idea. I don't think that's like their mindset. I no, just think but it, that's what this team, and maybe it's because I, it's really the only true success. Because the Giants have never been the team that really, for the most part, you know, is, is in the thick of it. Towards the, the middle of the latter two, half the of the season. From when Eli started his career to like 2012 were good football teams. The, almost every year, those teams were like in the thick of it. They were all solid. They were in the playoffs in 05 and 06. Oh, I think it was 05 and 06 and 07. Yeah. In 08, if Plaxico Burris doesn't shoot himself, they're the best team in football and probably a very good chance to win a ring. They were the one seed anyway yeah. without him after he missed the last four games. But uh, it's just the years after, they've just been stu- bad drafting from Jerry Reese. Really, like exceptionally bad draft. Which, by the from way, Jerry they Reese. obviously and they had to granted, mm-hmm. but he was the GM. He started the year the Giants won the Super Bowl in two thousand seven, and he was also obviously there for the second Super Bowl. So that's why they hung on to him for too long. They didn't fire him till I think twenty sixteen, and he did a really he, his draft from I think two thousand eight basically to two thousand fourteen. By the time 2016 rolled around, I think there was like one, like, there was like two players in the Giants and like five players who were left in the NFL. Yeah, like, which it is was, absurd. It was like impossibly bad how bad his drafting was at that point. And Gettleman's drafting has not been stellar. There have been big holes in this team that have still not been fixed. The offensive line has not been fixed, even though their pass blocking looked better. Andrew Thomas looked good last game. Their inability, they haven't had a pass rusher since. Uh, they traded away Jason Pierre-Paul yep. to Cleveland for Zeitler a couple of years ago, and Zeitler has now um, been moved once again. Jason Pierre-Paul didn't go to Cleveland. No, or, sorry, no uh, Tampa. Olivier sorry, Vernon. they sent Olivier Vernon to Cleveland. They sent, so they sent all these guys away, and they haven't brought in any new pass rushers, really. Mm-hmm. They rely, and Leonard Williams, who's a very good defensive tackle, he's not a pass rusher. Almost all the sacks last year were coverage sacks. So, Almost all the giant sacks were. Yeah, and even the one they had yesterday was a coverage sack. And so that like you have to be able to generate a pass rush without it being a coverage sack, even whether it's by blitzing or not blitzing. And they just do a harp they did they need to be able to figure out a way to do that. But getting pass rushers in here is important. And the, I mean the ultimate test for Gettleman's gonna be is Daniel Jones. If they decide this year to move on from Daniel Jones, Dave Gettleman will not be their GM. The problem is I'm not sure exactly how the quarterback class next year look where it looks nor am I sure what the Giants' pick is going to be. So, I mean, and the Bears' pick, because they yeah. have that pick as well. Mm-hmm. If they have two top ten picks, maybe you don't draft the quarterback. Maybe you kind of build, uh, you build the rest up, the, try to build up the rest of your team around the quarterback, and you either give Jones another year and kind of, or you sign a veteran and kind of do that, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But unless things drastically change from what we've seen the past two years, then Jones should be gone. Also, Hila was a lot better under Shermer, so Garrett clearly has a lot to do with stunting his development and Absolutely. his growth, but his prob- that doesn't change. That doesn't affect what his problems are, and his problems are not doable, Overall, at least as it currently stands. And, and this kind of leads to one of my 
One of my last questions here is overall who's to blame, right? Because there's so many pieces that are missing and there's so many answers that we still need. To me, I think it all ultimately does start with coaching because we've seen Daniel Jones have good moments. We've obviously seen him have bad moments, but we there's potential in him to be a good quarterback. I don't care who he's with ultimately. I don't think he'll ever be a great one. But I do think he could be a good one. And I do think that he's the type of quarterback that needs to be in next to an ideal situation in order to be successful. And, you know, that that's that's tough because the great quarterbacks like pa- granted Patrick Mahomes has had an absurd offense ever since he's been in the league. But still, you see him make something out of nothing all the time. And Andy Reid is obviously an offensive genius. Matt Stafford went from being on the Detroit Lions for his whole career, a team that looked absolutely dead the past few years. And honestly, I I really think wasted his his prime or the majority of his prime. Watching him play for for the Los Angeles Rams last night, he was looking to throw the ball down the field almost every play. I don't know if you watched That's him. always been Stafford's game, though. But it was there for him. And he took it. And granted, he's a lot older and he's had a lot more experience. And that, and Sean McVay, nope. offensive genius. But, that, but, that's, but that's Stafford. Like, that doesn't. Matt Stafford. But I want that. I want an offense that's exciting. Yeah, but Matt Stafford was the number one overall pick for a reason. He's a very good quarterback. And if he was in a better situation, he would probably be talked about very, very differently. Daniel Jones is not Matt Stafford. He was never thought to be Matt Stafford. I mean, he's not Dwayne Haskins, who everyone thought the Giants should have picked, so at least they got that win. But he his ish, he can be Kirk Cousins. He can be Derek Carr if everything around him is perfect. And if he had better coaching, maybe that's what he'd be right now. But in the long run, I guess it's almost better that he doesn't have that because he's clearly not... We can see... His mistakes and the timing of his mistakes, he's just not a winning quarterback. No. And I love his personality. His talent can be tantalizing because he shows the ability to make a lot of plays happen, but he doesn't do it consistently enough, and the errors are too poorly timed and far too frequent for me to trust that he is. And if he was if he was playing like he did under Shermer, or like a slightly improved version of that, we'd probably resign him. Yeah. We'd probably give him a massive extension. And so I guess it's almost be better. Stuck in a Kirk deal. Maybe it's almost better that like we know what he is. I mean, Garrett has to go anyway. Gettleman likely I'm has to if the John okay, so the Giants are playing the Washington Redskins excuse me. The Giants are playing the Washington football team on Thursday night. This is why we're recording this podcast now because I have to get this episode out, wanna get this episode out prior to that game. If the Giants lose to the Washington football team against Taylor Heineke, who granted I think Washington's lucking out because they he is probably better than what Ryan Fitzpatrick could be even if he was healthy. Um, the Giants have to win the football game. And I don't expect them to look great because I honestly don't think they have that capability, especially against a Washington defensive that front that's scary. I'm serious. But he, So that's my thing is if the Giants look like garbage again and they lose again, and we start to see this team funnel into that. We're going to probably get three or four wins, and it's just going to be a joke for the rest of the year. Then I want everybody out as soon as possible. I don't, Judge is still, I, I don't want to, I'm not done with Joe Judge. I think I'm concerned with him because I'm a little concerned that he's so stuck in his own way. For him to watch, we're going to see, right? Well, I think every coach 
like they need first off the talent isn't great everyone knows the talent's not great everyone with realistic expectations for the giants this year who were not giant fans didn't expect them to be very good this year so the giants not being good doesn't have much to do with joe judge and judge may but not it may, it, it, listen a coach can make a hell of a difference And by the way he did make a hell of a difference last year Think the difference in the feel in the second half of the season last year, and even the first half of the season, they were losing all those close games. It felt like a different football team. But I will be honest with you, none of that was there yesterday. Which once again, week one, one so game. maybe you give him a pass, right? But not, the, this not, is the cynical continuing a cycle of hiring and firing head coaches is not a of good thing. Of course not. He of gets not. Judge gets more than two years to decide to for, for he may not be the coach, but he gets at least three or four years if you want because cycling through these coaches is bad. It's he, too much. He's not Adam Gase. He's not one of these guys who obviously needs needs to go. He's a guy who may have a couple things that he needs to fix. And by the way, maybe the best way for him to find that out is not to get fired, but it's for him to have a really bad year. Like if he, Bill Belichick was not very successful his first go around in Cleveland. If he and again the talent was really bad there. Listen, I'm not saying fire Joe Judge after two years because realistically, unless your coach does something so stupid that he deserves to get fired, then I agree with you. But what I am saying is, what I'm looking for is to see the Joe Judge that talks about fundamental football, to see the Joe Judge that made headlines because he was making his team run laps for making stupid mistakes. I want to see the Joe Judge be have his team be as aggressive and as smash mouth and as hard nosed as he gives off. I think I need no, I mean, that. We, so we saw that last we year. We need that. So we saw it last year. So I'm not gonna overreact to one game because of that. The talent also just isn't there. I, I the Giants are not a super talented football team. They're lacking in a lot of key areas. One of them is quarterback. Offensive line. Is very important if your offensive line is bad. Defensive line. Defensive line. Not necessarily the line, but the pass rushers. The linebackers outside of Blake Martinez are not very good. Yeah. So there's a lot of key things that they're missing. They have other pieces that are good. They have a great secondary. Secondary is the strength of their team. Their skill positions on offense are good. But all everything else, you build like you win football from like the inside out. Yeah. And, and so they're, they're and that's, right where, that's what they're missing right now. Yeah. So until he actually has like more then I think it's too early to make a judgment. I don't think the Giants being bad in, especially if it's compatible with the Bears being bad would be the worst thing for them this year. It might actually set them up for success long term. I think Gettleman needs to go. I think I've been saying for a couple of years, I think Gettleman well, needs I'm to go. Well, I'm curious to see if say this year goes the way that a lot of us think it probably could, which is bad, Lee. If Dave Gettleman leaves, I wonder how Joe Judge is going to change his football team because part of me also does think that Gettleman has a lot of say in a lot of things that go on with this team. I mean, I don't think Gettleman has that much say in terms of what goes on other than personnel. Well, but personnel's one of the biggest parts. That, that's his, I mean, that's his job. So when you're saying like you think Gettleman has more what I'm role. saying is I think Judge has had to, especially in this past offseason, concede to Gettleman a lot more than he probably wanted to. I mean, well, it, maybe. Do There's, you think he would have wanted Kadarius Tony uh, in this draft? Or I do you know. think the, he would have wanted... Was, the Tony pick was weird. Even in the moment, like, Tony could be a really good player, but they just didn't need him. Like, they'd already signed Kenny Galladay. They'd signed John Ross. Yeah. 
they had Slayton, they had Shepard, and Slayton had a bad game yesterday. I am concerned about him, but he's fine as like your third or fourth guy. Yeah. But like, it didn't make a lot of sense, especially when they had bigger needs in the moment. But again, they could have drafted like Rashawn Slater or something like that. Yeah. Or the, like there was a couple other things they couldn't do, but there wasn't really any pass rushers, so you can't kill them for that. So the one thing I will say that Gettleman did, which I loved, was obviously the, the trade with the Bears. Yeah, no, tra- trading back was was the right move. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about taking Tony. Maybe they could have taken Devonta Smith. I mean, he was taken beforehand, but I think a lot of the part of the reason was that was like. And Gettleman's had this bad habit every single year when he was a Giant. Everyone knows who the Giants want to pick well before the draft. Yeah. Everyone knows. Everyone knew the Giants wanted Thomas. Everyone knew the Giants wanted Saquon Barkley. Everyone knew the Giants wanted Daniel Jones. Yeah. You have to do, and this was like days and weeks coming up to the draft. Everyone knew who these guys you gotta wanted. you got to put up some smoke screens. Yeah. Like they, they've got to do a much better job and of doing that stuff because it hurts your doing what you want to do. Taking Tony, I mean, I didn't see coming. Tony better be good. Yeah. I mean, I, I think and he, 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 he better be good immediately. I mean, because if you're drafting a guy in the first round, they have to be good right now, especially with the way this team was set up. But you know what? And, and that's why I keep going back to Jason Garrett, and I think he's going to be my who's to blame for so far what will probably be a lot of struggles for this team and particularly this offense is even if Kadarius Tony's really good and our offense stays healthy, we get Evan Ingram back, and Saquon can get back into a rhythm, and Galladay and Shepard and Slayton and all these guys, and Daniel Jones can somehow take care of the football, I don't have the confidence that Jason Garrett's going to utilize well, them to the best of their ability. Garrett's obviously a problem. That's not a secret. In order for this team to reach its potential, Garrett has to go. But no one thinks that the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So, I mean, we'll see. You're looking for. I'm not looking for the Giants to be Super Bowl contenders this year. Neither am I. I just uh, want to see them to play football that you can respect. Yeah, and I think in some ways it may be better if they're bad because it means you clear out a lot of the pieces that don't need to be here. But what if we win the next like five games? I mean, if they win the next five games and Daniel Jones is the next Hall of Famer, then great. But that's not the way it looks right now. And if and the delusional and, part of me will always think it can. If Daniel Jones isn't the guy, then it's better we know now than and we end up paying him. And, and not, then it's yeah. a mess. Yeah, yeah. of course. Just, Listen, of just, course. Like again, the Giants being bad this year is not the worst thing in the world. The Giants being bad and not making appropriate changes is bad, which is why I thought Gettleman should have been fired. But when they fired Pat Shermer, Gettleman should have been gone. That 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 to me was a no brainer. You don't do that. You don't. He got he got his head coach. Yeah. When get and then after that, it's tough because now he has two more years of players who they who he drafted, who aren't. Will Hernandez was bad last year. Like will like he will we'll see if they end up resigning him. He's a second round pick. I mean, we'll see what happens with the guys they signed this year. Rodarius Williams, they drafted, I think, in the second round this year. Yeah. Did he even play? I don't even know. Like, I really don't even know. Like, I wasn't paying attention to that. I honestly, and that's the thing, too, is sometimes, you know, especially early in the season, first game, you want to see your rookies play. You want to be able to point them out. And I couldn't name you. Like, I wasn't even paying attention because that's how bad it was. But, listen, I agree with you overall. I'm not expecting the Giants to come out of this year and be in playoff contention or anything. I mean, obviously, I would like for that to happen, and I don't know. I don't know what the NFC East is going to look like because that's always a mystery. If they have a quarterback, they're a year away. Anywhere. The Giants. If they had, if Daniel Jones is the guy, they're still a year away from being a legitimately good football team. Absolutely, and listen, I'm okay with that. 
but it's a matter of seeing improvement and breaking the bad habits and the and and almost I'm gonna, I'm gonna call them discrepancies that we see with this football team of the stupid mistakes and the not taking advantage of opportunities when they're presented. The amount of third and longs the Broncos were able to convert yesterday was. I mean, the defense, the defense was what it was. I mean, the, that game is over. I'm more concerned with overarching problems that they've had for the past few years. And listen, I get that, and I agree with you. However, this is week one, and we know we, we've summed it up in this podcast. The most overreaction, almost overreaction heavy week in the entire football season is week one. There's no more like weird overreactive stuff that goes on in a week one throughout the NFL season. Of course, because everybody expects their team to somehow be perfect every year because that's what you hope for. Because you spend over 250 days waiting for most teams, and for some teams it's a little less if they make the playoffs. Mm. And so, and you're hearing all the free agent acquisitions and the draft and the training camp news and and all that, and it's like you want to watch them play, and when you watch them play because there's so few games, and Mike and I talked about this last week, because there's so few games, each game just feels so much more. It is more intense, and everyone knows that. So overall, obviously not the start that we wanted the Giants to have. Hopefully they can turn it around on Thursday and get a huge division win against a Washington football team that – is supposed to be coming into the season pretty dangerous. They have a backup quarterback. I don't know how they're going to look, but I also don't know how we're going to look. So We'll see. We'll see. Well, thank you, Danny, very much. I appreciate you coming back and joining us here. Thanks for having me. I'm sure this will not be the last time this season that you'll be on here. However, I hope next time is a bit more of a positive episode. And uh, thank you guys for listening, and we'll catch you for the next one.